変身
Uh, loves Lemon Stealing Horse. Favorite board. <laughs> uh, no. um, of course, as you can tell, we're a podcast all about tokusatsu and of practical effects. Uh, yeah, that's what we've been talking about, totally. Porn is all practical effects. That's He's got a point. I, I think that's true, right? There's no, like, fun... You could say it's the most practical effects. Well, mm, some of it. It's like the oldest profession, most practical effects. <laughs> and it was way better in the old days. I remember, like, at some point, like, as, like, a teen, I got a hold of this, like, magazine that, like, it wasn't porn. It was, like, the porn, like, news. Like, it was, like, oh, like, here's, like, all the innovations in the industry. And, like, it was, like, completely, like, PG besides, like, the, like, subject matter. So you, so you found just the articles is what you're telling me? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Kip's the only person alive who can say he read it just for the articles. No, like, I don't know how I, like, got my hands on this, but, like, it was, like, this, like, cheap paper magazine, like, like, like a, like, weird daily newspaper that you get, like, outside of, like, a free place, but it was, like, one article is about, like, how this one director was introducing CG, like, jizz to it to have, like, a, like, Matrix-style effect. And I was like, what God. the fuck is going on? <laughs> Is that, I didn't know that was something you had to fake. I thought it was just in abundance. Well, the old Jane Austens of the world would make you think there was some jizz in abundance, but no, I guess like, like, like this guy like was like getting local accolades in the industry for having like slow-mo jizz scenes or something. I don't know. That's incredible. I mean, you really can get a trophy for anything. Did it play the Matrix music? If it didn't, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> I'm sure way more people have masturbated to that one song, though, just in the background. It's like, oh, prodigy. <laughs> I, I finished Rage Against the Machine, personally. I mean, if you don't, what are you doing with your life? You call your fleshlight rat in the cage. <laughs> uh. Fuck you. I will do what you tell me. <laughs> I won't even charge extra for it. I'm really going insane to this membrane, guys. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> Man, we are off the fucking rails. What were we even talking about here? It's okay. We're not covering Comrade Deno anymore. We can be off the rails nope. all we want. That's true. <laughs> That's, That's true. true. Yeah. Uh, but... No, uh, we're here to talk about Garo, the uh, 2005 Tokusatsu series, Midnight Toku, hence our bluish humor, our bluish hue we've developed, our elf-like glow. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, this is our third episode <laughs> on this show. I will say, this this <laughs> set of five episodes is some midnight-ass Toku, especially when we get to episode 15. Holy moly. Yeah, yeah. It, it it had some uh, some very surprising uh, spiciness to it. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah, no. Um, to relate to another show we did before, uh, there definitely feels like there's some production staff changes or like reputation going on in this show that is very like cool to see. But yeah, uh, it's episode eleven through fifteen. Um, and uh, before we start though, I, we got a question uh, in that I think is um, extremely good. <laughs> um, okay. I'm concerned by how much giggling you did when you said that, so lay it on us. 
Um, so Rocket Grunt sent in uh, a like question, um, and what they said was, um, pretty soon you're going to need to be picking your next series for this book club, and I know you like picking good series, but are there any series that you think, <laughs> um, are not very good that would be interesting to talk about? <laughs> and they also included a couple examples, such as Comrade Ghost. Um, Comrade Saber, uh, Cutie Honey, uh, which we watched the live some action? of Steph. What? Yes. My girlfriend actually quite likes that show, which is kind of funny, but I think it's <laughs> something she watched when she was young, so. But thank you, uh, to Rocket Grunt, because, uh, that's a good question. Um, I think this show would explode with the same energy we just had if we had to watch a show like Comrade Saber, Comrade Ghost. <laughs> I think it would be very funny. I've never watched Ghost. Is it really that bad? So, I haven't watched more than a couple of episodes of Comrade Ghost because of its reputation um, and just, like, what I saw in it. But basically, it's a series that, like, um, this, like, kid who lives at a shrine gets killed and, like, he, like, is dead and has 100 days to, like, earn a wish to come back to life. And he meets, like, all these, like, these icons because uh, they are, like, eyes and icons it's like, oh, it's Musashi, and it's Napoleon, it's like Geppetto, or like different dudes. <laughs> Why the fuck's Napoleon in Japan? <laughs> I don't know, it's like... Whatever, it's the spirit realm. Yeah. Okay. And I've just heard that it has a real problem with stakes, and like, randomly just doing stuff, and the characters, but um, we have covered in the other show, Under Come Ride With Me, A Come Ride With Saber, that's a show where... uh. There was a point in like the mid 30s where like every couple episodes, it was kind of picking the character that we spent the least time with and making them the, the main character in a way that was wild. Like we spent a good 20 episodes of that show, like rooting for the narrator, who is this guy with like green hair. And like he was the only character that we liked. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, we like this current show in Garo. It's fun to talk about. I personally think finding a show that we wouldn't enjoy watching would be good fodder. But what do you all think on that question? I mean, I I don't have a frame of reference like you guys do because I'm still absolutely the newest person to this. But I am 100% down to watch a stupid show just for the sake of watching a stupid show. Because sometimes that turns out to be some of the funniest watching you can do, so... I'm here for it. Yeah, if you guys can think of something that you think is just completely out there and want us to give a shot, I'm here for it. We're still a couple episodes from like any kind of picking. So guys, a question I thought it was like funny to be like, I think oh, it yeah. would change our energy a lot. I think it's it's kind of like hard to say, right? Because like, yeah, even for me, I felt like Den O kind of like overstayed its welcome a little bit. Like I like Den O. But it's definitely not my favorite, and I probably would never watch it again. And I wouldn't really rate it highly. Like, it's like maybe... You weren't miserable, though. There were some times where I'm like, oh, God, I gotta watch fucking five episodes. Goddamn fuck. <laughs> like, the night before. Whereas, like, Garo, this set of five episodes, I watched, like, last week, immediately after we've talked about the other five, right? So, like, the enthusiasm for this show compared to Deno is just not, is completely different. True. Uh, 
I do think that Deno was not truly bad in the way that like some shows that have like I can no, bring no, in no. are. No. Uh I think that's a funny prompt. Uh, but like um after this, I kind of assume we might like look at some movies or something for like either like Garo or like for like Deno, just be like, oh, and here's what happened next and next and next. But right. It, it really depends there. Um, but if you have an idea of what's a good bad show to watch. I mean, I have one in mind. Oh no. It's not it's not good bad, it's more like Hentai? No, it's like bad on purpose. Gotcha. Okay. So have you I don't know, Kip, if you've ever watched uh Hikonin Sentai Akiba Ranger. Oh, that's not a bad show. That's great. It, it's not a bad show, that's what I'm saying. But it is weird. And extremely funny. And just kind of rips on sentai and tokusatsu in a way that is like pretty funny i think that would be a great show at some point that's like two 13 episode seasons and they're both like pretty fun late night like pg-13 um yeah. like weirdness um it's pretty funny i think we could probably get one episode out of um i fucking cannot pronounce this at, at all but it's like a like late night show it's uh called like gakai no takutsi it's like something like it's like a big popular like late night show in japan from like a gaki no tsukai yeah yeah exactly gaki, i love gaki no tsukai it's really fucking funny they did like a 13 skit like continuous thing on like a like sentai like team that can't match <laughs> oh yes okay so that's probably like one of the um their what's it called uh their new year special so every year they have a comedy special where it's like it's like uh what's it called no laughing like bots games and one of them was based <laughs> oh off where they get spanked and everything and like yeah, 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 hole. Yeah. And one of them was based <laughs> off sentai and yeah it's pretty fucking funny i don't know if there's like much to talk about there but that was one where like they did like 10 skits that like built off each other and it was like okay how come y'all have just like massive tits on your outfits like this year like what's going on yeah but no uh no, um, we will take that under advisement, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. I think we're all on board with it. That's the thing. Like, I don't know what the the breadth of the genre has, right? Like, I only know what I know. So there could be something just like floating around in the ether where it's like, here's here's this abject piece of shit. You should watch it. Right. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people like who feel really bad with the mainstream shows. There's the non-mainstream shows. There's all the weird like 90s um, shows that like ended franchises. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but no, um, we should talk, though, about um, what we here to talk about, because uh, there's a lot of great Garo this week. Oh, there yeah. Uh, and uh, let's start with uh, episode 11 uh, game. So I believe that uh, you recognized uh, our uh, monster of the week this time, David. Uh, yes. Oh my god. Okay. So like, I I put this on Friday night last week, and I'm watching it, and then I hear this voice, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" And of course, because he's <laughs> just DiCaprio pointing. Because he's he, yeah. He's, oh, dude, I was I was double DiCaprio pointing because I'm like, I know that voice. I know that fucking voice. And then sure enough. Fucking Jay Kabira shows up, and I'm like, oh shit, it's fucking Rakuten Cardman. Oh, wait, you guys probably don't know who Rakuten Cardman is. 
No. The, the, no. the other tokusatsu uh, <laughs> fucking thing that Jake Capira does. <laughs> Here he is as Rakuten Card Man. Oh. Okay. Strangely Rakuten Card Man. Yeah, yeah, he's he's literally like he sells a fucking uh, Oh, for like Rakuten. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he he sells a what's it called? Uh basically a credit card, a Visa card for Rakuten. I actually have I actually have that credit card. So thanks, Jay Kabira. <laughs> who's the other? Uh, is it um Sagata Sanchiro, who's like the first carbon rider who like sold like Sega stuff? Yes. Sega. He he was as Sagata Sanchiro. And that you just beat people up. Yeah. Uh but no I would have guessed he was like a like children's like morning like personality, like by the way he acted without that though, but he it's very clearly like, damn, this is like a dude, huh? Like, like he looked famous in a way. <laughs> yeah, he did. He he had the swag for sure. So there you go. Jay, Jay uh, Kabira is just, he's way into tokusatsu or something. I don't know. Cause he's like super down to be fucking racked in card, man. I mean, like, look at this. Like it's, it is, they like just went in on this fucking superhero ass dude with credit cards as glasses. Who's the guy uh, in Ren and Stimpy who's like got those nipples where you could see the future? Remember him? Powder <laughs> Toast Man? Powder Toast Man, yes. Powder Toast Man. That's the vibes that uh, he gives me here as uh, the card man. Yeah, but like he's like a pretty prolific actor. He He's in um a, uh, like every morning syndicated like uh, kid show. And it was just very fucking weird to be like, oh, now he's like a fucking horror and eats people and plays games like he's in an episode of part three of Jojo. It seems more and more to me that like this was a major company trying to like shore up their like thing and like had like a real staff on it where they were just okay, we just have a bunch of cameos. The, the amount of like crossover of like notable or like character actors is wild. It's it's fucking wild. It's this episode, next episode, there's like probably one down the line in episode 15. Yeah, it's like what the fuck? So yeah, uh, it's a very fun thing. Like after like watching like so many shows, be like, oh man, like they were like bumping with this, just crazy. But uh, so this episode starts by a girl loses a game with this guy, uh, with this like man in a yellow hat, uh, highlighter ass <laughs> yellow suit, and like she has to find a coin, and she like he never says pick a hand. He just puts like his hands out as she picks wrong. So then he like takes her soul, makes it a cookie, bites it, and then like is like biting chunks out of her. Yep. Which fun. Um like I said, then, very JoJo. And then we see um that Kaoru has won the chance to be on a game show. And that Gonzo wants to come, but he's not hot. And then like Koga doesn't <laughs> want to come. Koga's like, I don't got time for fucking TV. Man, Gonza should just get to hang out more. Do you think Koga actually owns a TV anywhere? I don't think he watches TV. No, it doesn't seem like him at all. My guess is that, like, Gonza has a TV, like, in the kitchen from back when they had more staff. And and they'd watch, like, some, like, races or whatever. Or, like, oh, it's, right. like, F1 time for Gonza. Koga's told by Zaruba that she's suspicious. And then, like, it's because she had wicked thoughts about, like, trying to make him smile. And when, like... We get this like silent movie slash like 
collectible from like a survival horror game like reading of like her i want the prize actually but i wanted to see him enjoy the game like a normal man yeah it's right. so weird but like they're playing a lot with like what the style of the show is in the episodes like this is the only time we see her so far like have a little like black screen of text on it about him so i don't know and then um she's all sad she hasn't seen him smile she meets the man in the yellow hat uh and plays this game and gets her soul took uh-huh. as she do of course she's like i'm sorry like i know i'm cute but can you leave me alone and he's like oh it's fine i don't want to assault you sexually I, I want your soul and she's like this is so refreshing he's like but you ain't that cute come on <laughs> but she gets sold <laughs> she do yep and we see that uh golem is playing weird jenga I was going to say, she's playing ghost Jenga. He's like, oh, don't you want to play? And she's like, no, I don't want to play with you. But also, I would never hang out with Golm. They're creepy as hell. <laughs> yeah, dude. Also, hanging a grown-ass man hanging out with three children dressed in, like, Lolita uniforms is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. And you're magic, Golm. Don't be children. Why would you be a child if you're magic? Like... Okay, maybe this is a question that needs to be answered in an episode later on, but, like, are they people, or are they, like, manifestations of spirits? Like, we don't know what Gulm is, they're just, like, a thing. I was assuming they were, like, dolls or forms, but, like, I don't think they're actually a 11-year-old, a 13-year-old, and, like, 15-year-old, you know? I mean, it's hard to say, because the stuff we learned about uh, Koga in this set of episodes makes me believe that that could be completely possible. Yeah, true, I guess. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Oh, we also see some more of, like, Ray as, like, he's talking about, like, oh, he just wants to cut down all people with the mantle of, like, Garo. And then, like, Silva says, don't fight. Do you want the three little animals to shorten your life again? That's never expanded on. Right. Yeah, they do say that, and that's like, huh. Though Silva might just be a master of saying shit that makes no sense. Like, later on, there's something that I'm not sure how Silva got to that conclusion about somebody, but regardless, um, Koga finds the man in yellow hat and uh, has to like play to get like Kaoru's soul back and has to like choose like a door and it's a gray door to red door. And he wisely chooses the door that doesn't have a monster behind it. I'm not sure how <laughs> there's no like plot here. <laughs> he, just, he just does, but it's time for riddles. And um, this whole like zone is like, fun cg because it's like oh it doesn't matter what it looks like it just like looks weird it looks right, like yeah. a weird mm-hmm. well the the reason i keep bringing up jojo is because this is exactly like a thing from part three mm. where uh forget which guy it is but they go into the like his his stand power is like he takes you into a game and they play like a game of death inside like a super nintendo and it's like kind of the same thing okay yeah no for me like i like um when they introduce the oh here's this ultimate power except it has rules mm-hmm. and you can be played like that it's like a fun way to do it um and the first round is a riddle it's like the very basic like oh this man met nobody and there were seven maidens and seven the cows and seven colors it's like oh he met no one yep that's all it is <laughs> then we find out that a soul does weigh 21 grams in this world and he only got seven of Cowboy's grams. Okay. In a little. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That felt like important information. Maybe. <laughs> like, who knows, right? Like, what does that even mean? You could have I mean, been yeah. like, ah, soul weighs like a billion grams. Okay. Yeah. There's really no way to confirm that, is there? 
And turns out that for Kaoru, amber is the color of red energy. Oh. It's it, it's like an orange <laughs> color when you get the liquid. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Speaking of flashing back to the 90s. It's time to step on a tardigrade from uh, Beetlejuice. And he has to like <laughs> take three steps. And he's like, I'm gonna step real good and, and win, and he does. Uh and then um the third game, I think, is um the best game is just like Koga being an absolute baller and just like yes. stealing. <laughs> yep. And of course, uh he um points to the left hand, and then like it's like, haha, it's not my left hand. It's like I did say your left hand, it's in my left hand. <laughs> right, yeah, because he's like, oh, he's like it's he, he does the same game he does with Kaoru, right? Where he, like, flips the coin and then grabs it and is like, oh, where is it? And Koga's like, ah, it's in the left. And he's like, ha I don't have... He's like, it's not in either of them. And he's like, oh, I didn't... Like, it's not not even in your fucking body. I, I have it. I'm so fucking fast. Which brings me to question, like, <laughs> why is he not doing this all the time? If he's that fucking fast? You got what point. do you mean? Well, because, like... He's fighting other horrors, right? And, like, this guy flips the coin, like, they show in, like, slow motion or whatever. He, like, flips the coin, like, over his head and, like, goes to grab it behind him. But Koga's so fucking fast, he just goes, like, and just, like, snags it out of the air, right? Mm -hmm. So how, why is he just not moving that fast all the fucking time? Maybe he's, like, not prepared, like, in, like, one stance for one thing. I guess so, maybe. Okay, sure. Oh, yeah, but also, like, it's like, huh. Maybe it's just... They're trying to fight him versus like do cool flips of coins, and he's like, "You idiot! Too bad for that." <laughs> Don't you know cool flips of coins always win? Uh, but then of course, like, but the manual hat uh, becomes a like a, a horror and fights him, and is like, "I'm sorry that you won, but I will fight you." And then he gets killed by Koga after being turned into hey like head, but he has to connect the soul to her body. And there's a room full of cowers. He's like, how do I find the right cowru? Then he finds one that's sad. He's like, that's probably her. <laughs> yeah, he thinks back on all the times he upset her. And that's how he remembers how to find her. <laughs> Which, kind of a dick move there, bud. Like, if nothing else, like, having those flashbacks should have made you realize, oh, I should be a little bit nicer to this girl that I've set up to be bait. Well, know what I always say. And you nag a, a like, whole bunch of women talk to the one who's sad not mad that's you know, like, <laughs> i never said that before solid <laughs> life <laughs> advice 10 never say that since <laughs> it's when you were talking about this affecting your relationship is that the part you meant nope. because we need to have a separate conversation if so look i have probably never negged anybody and Wink. if I did, it was only in their imagination. Yeah, you write stuff. I'm much more into gaslighting. <laughs> Man, what do you mean? I didn't even. I would never even think of something like that. Honey, you're crazy. Don't be crazy. Your mom was crazy, wasn't she? What do you mean we went to college? I've never went to college. I didn't even graduate high school. What is happening? My name's not even James. <laughs> Who are you? Get out of my house. <laughs> Just like go down like a different aisle at the like grocery store and be like, who are you? Where am I? Who am I? 
just like find the nearest person that like kind of looks like your partner be like oh no this is my partner who are you (laughs) you copying them we were talking about getting married next year where did you come from crazy person just like update my little (laughs) update my facebook it's imaginary (laughs) uh love you babe uh anyway (laughs) (laughs) whatever your name is I'm not even starting making fun of you. Don't worry. It's fine. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And if I was, you imagined it. <laughs> Just full on SpongeBob hands imagination. <laughs> uh, but no, um, in the style of fantasy romance, he has to kiss her soul back into her body. Because of course he does. Yeah. No other possible way to have accomplished that. I was going to say, like, this This starts to lean, like, all the way heavy into, like, that cheesy, you know, fantasy romance thing. And I'm like, you know what? It's not terrible. I get it. <laughs> no, I had the same thought. Like, that whole, especially the scene, like, where it shows them in the moonlight. And he's, of course, in his finest uh, night jacket. Leather. Goes all the way down to his feet. I was like, okay, this is, like, every meme I've ever seen about why... Uh, these certain shows and like animes are supposed to be considered like the peak of romance. Like every once in a while, you get like that perfect shot, and you're like, okay, I get it. You know, this kind of has like that that romance appeal to it. It plays so much into the tropes of like different romance shows and that kind of thing. It's like, oh, like there's so many scenarios happening just mm-hmm. to like force romantic situations, and like there's like one latest like definitely much more fraught and it's also playing in space where i think like most modern stuff wouldn't but uh yeah um personally i'm glad that like koga remembered not to like swallow that soul not to like gargle with it and like like, oh here's your soul and some spinach from earlier sorry about that just comes back like just straight up a vegetable now like Mm -hmm. whoopsie Oh yeah, I'm sorry about that. I like totally like did not make like, like proper seal. There's some of your like soul on your shirt. I want to get that. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> but no, all's well that ends well though. <laughs> With a kiss, and of course she's like, "Oh, did you kiss me?" And she's like, "Shut up, I'm brooding." He's like, "No, you gross." <laughs> Why would anyone want to do that with you? I was like, "Come on, guy." <laughs> <laughs> everything you've put her through so far and really just full on like peanuts like dog germs ooh. <laughs> exactly which would make sense uh, for the uh, next episode of course uh, Taiga where uh, is a flashback to Koga's childhood and his training and what do you know another cameo from an a, a important person from Godmother Dead O yeah I was like, oh, shit. I couldn't believe it. Because uh, Koga's dad, Taiga, is, uh, of course, um, played by Hiroyuki Watanabe, who is the same actor uh, who um, plays Commander Gao in the uh, Commander Deno movie. I'm so glad you explained that because he did look very familiar to me. But I also know that I just tend to not have the memory for these things like you and David do. So I, I, that was driving me crazy. I was like, where do I know this guy from? He's playing like the most like handsome dad dude, like too. It's just like very funny. Oh, he's, like, yeah. Like he's the guy everybody's talking about when they say, oh, yeah, girls like uh, guys with dad bods. 
they're talking about him. They're not talking about the guy that, you know, finishes off a 24 pack every night. <laughs> they mean this guy. It's so funny because like, um, it's clear to me that like when they made like Commander Geno like two years later, like they probably made that character like be called Gao like as like a reference to this too. Like it was like, oh yeah, he's like Fang again. Yeah, he's a Fang guy. Make him a Fang. He is just um, I knew both these characters and like uh, and like I thought they looked distinctive, but until you like said something, like I did not realize that like it was like the same actor. At all, David. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, really? I noticed immediately. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. No, the hair threw me off. I was like, oh, like, this guy has luscious brown hair and travels through time. And this guy. It's true. He does. A great cameo guy, apparently, for just like loves his like stuff at Toku. Um, but no. Um, so we start by Koga can't concentrate while training. So he puts Zerupa on a box that seems like it has a silver body for him. Yes. Which is cool as hell. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a ring stand or something. And then they like start to like tell him and Gonza, um, tell Kaoru about like how Koga grew up. And we see that um, while Taiga's training, Koga is given like a little bit of soul metal, but it's willpower. It's so heavy he can't lift it or like can barely lift it. Um, and then like he gets like a Star Wars like sensory like helmet that they put Zeruba on so he can like train fighting some like weird like cherub demons. Mm. it's all really cool but um then that night um he wants a toy because he's been left alone for hours <laughs> in a plaza by his dad <laughs> and he just gets the toy for this guy he's like, oh what a nice guy that doesn't try to eat him at all just kind of leaves uh but then um is revealed to actually be a horror and grabs it but he tries to stop his dad from killing him but his dad kills the horror as garo and his garo has a slight difference the main thing is, is um his dad has red eyes and not green eyes like when he's garo oh i never noticed that is that true i, I didn't either yeah um huh. and uh the ancestral garo um in the flashback i think might have had different color eyes too but like had like some like tattoos or like some like more like ruins on them too so there's a slight difference per person i think huh, okay hmm Interesting. I would have never noticed that if you didn't bring it up. Oh, yeah, that's the kit promise, you know? Look at your eyes. Want a garrow of green eyes, that's what I want. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, and when the father and son return home, we see that Gonza shows proper love to Koka. <laughs> takes care of him. <laughs> when his dad's not abandoning him and yelling at him. And there's like one moment like where they show the father and son like eating like cup ramen on like some like random fire escape. And then afterwards they go home to their mansion and their butler. It's like, dude. <laughs> and then they eat again, which was weird to me because like in that very short span of time, we saw them eating three different times. And every time it was like that was the first meal they'd had. Yeah, I don't know like what the training is like, but you know, that's true. So we get the scene where Gonza tells Taiga about um, his friend Barago, who has fallen to darkness, that he needs to help. And then he goes. Uh, and a big, really awesome um, fight happens because his friend is like this weird cloaked dude. It's like, oh, what's his face look like? Who is he? Who yeah. could he be? Mm -hmm. And he's like 
he, he, yeah, like he's just like this cloaked figure who, who, so like, Taiga implies that he is also a Garo. Like, he also has the title of Garo. Oh, does he? Well, he says he's like, I mean, I guess maybe not. I don't remember specifically, but like, he he's said to be another Makai knight, so I assume that he does, but I guess Ray isn't. Raise a Makai Knight, but he doesn't have the title of Garo, so it could be like another color, could be like another thing, right? Um, yeah, who knows? Like, oh, he's white or he's bronze or he's black or like what have you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, this was the first time I was like, okay, the show is like setting up what the larger plot is, which is nice. So they were like 12 episodes right. in, yeah. Um, and their fight scene is cool as hell. There's like a partial transformation of like just his arm and stuff, and like he's fighting, and it's like clear this guy's really strong. It's a good fight scene all around. And of course, as must happen to all fathers, he dies. Yep, uh, he gets fucking murked. Has to, yeah. He just gets like grabbed through the chest. Koga tries to help during this fight, but he can't lift the sword because it's in like full on like night mode too. So it's like too heavy for him at all. Yeah, it's in like Garo night mode. And like the next day, um, they bring like a winch out to try and like lift the sword, but it like won't yeah, work. Like it's too fucking, heavy. It's just like this fucking full size ass crate with like chains wrapped around this big ass sword. And they're like, ah, oh, we'll just pick it up and move it to the house. Nope. <laughs> so it's like it's it's so fucking heavy that like the chains snap and it like sword in the stones and the fucking ground. At that point, they're like, well. I guess nobody can lift it, so it's fine out here in this clearing yeah, exactly, by the house. Right? It's just like, uh-uh. But we do get answers, though, as to how you become a Makai Knight. You put on a headband. And, and well, yeah, you wear a headband, you do a Rocky montage, and then you become a Makai Knight. No, but, like, okay, so now we know for a fact that Koga is not superhuman. Mm-hmm. Like, or... Whatever he did to become a Makai Knight is achievable by whoever, I assume, unless he has, like, some special bloodline bullshit that makes him, like, stronger than regular people. But, like, it just seems like he just trained and trained and trained and trained and became fucking super hench, and then he could lift the sword. It it seems like it's a, like, he has, like, normal strength, but he is, like, key that could change his strength and speed and his, his, like, durability, like, a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, he's a human, but he can, like up his like ability through other stuff you know right yeah something like that like i i would lean more to like it's magic than he's superhuman yeah he could make himself superhuman but like if he's like not doing stuff i guess he's like just like can be killed with like a gun you know but wait a second maybe it is making him superhuman because in this episode, he forms that bond with Zaruba and sees that fucking scary ass ghost lady chasing him. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. That was a that was a fucking scene. But like he's like bonded with Zaruba now, right? So like maybe Zaruba gives him extra strength or magical powers or something. Like Well, he then spends years transitioning between yeah, different training, shadows, different yeah. actors. So I think it's more like it's like you just have to learn how to like channel the energy or whatever because it's like willpower it's like oh you can use ambient magic to will yourself fast or strong or will things light like you know that kind of thing right the other so does just getting the sword like just just picking up the sword is that what like 
you're you're worthy now that you can be a Garo because you can pick up the the sword. Oh, we see his like worthiness tested explicitly later. So I'm wondering if you if you are like superhuman or if you do just have the training like to like lift soul metal. I'm wondering if you could or if there's another step where you also have to learn how to do it, you know? Right. Yeah, we uh, we we're never shown that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Cuz like if it's just like strength, I'm sure there's like a horror that could lift that blade. Oh, probably. And then like the armor soul metal, so I'm sure that would kill you if you aren't ready to like have that on you. Right? That would make sense. Maybe, yeah, possible. The thing that like he's told when he like bonds with Zeruba though is that um you will be confronted by wandering hellish ordeals. Like that's cool as hell. Every day. And maybe like that's what the like rings and like the like jewelry does. It like teaches you like mm. how to be a knight if your like dad's not there. I don't know. Could be. Yeah. Kind of seems like they become the fill in for most authority figures in their lives. Yeah, there's a lot of butlers, a lot of rings and no parents. Yeah. And that brings us to, of course, uh, the most story packed episode of the bunch. Episode 13. Uh, that is Promise. This is uh, the midway point because uh, a lot of shows in Japan like do come out like seasonally, like 12 to level, like 13 episodes and like cores. So this like seems like it's like a midway. Here's the end of one or like the middle point or whatever it is. And it's a recap mm-hmm. episode because um, Zeruba is telling us things to us mortals. And the biggest one is that like Kaoru is paid to be a therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Like, <laughs> So we had thought like, oh, she's like going to this weird fucking TV psychologist man. But no, he's paying her to be his patient. Is he like going to release a book like Trials of a Girl Who Cannot Stop Being Sexually Assaulted? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yo, we'll get to that in the next episode. That or the girl that can't seem to hold a job for more than a couple hours. Like either way, he he could have some great source material. I think um, what David said like a couple episodes ago was like, oh, it might just be like she's super in like the like local like low job like it's just like it's like a part time job. Yeah, like a quick part time job type deal. We get the names of Golem, which I did not write down, but they each have a slightly different personality. It's like Bay, May, and Ray, or what, I forget what they're called. Like, it's they, like Caru, Rose. Baru, Rose. Yeah. Caru, Baru, and Rose. That's it. That's it. It's Caru, Baru, and Rose. How did I know that? Okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we get more information on like the types of like horrors. Like, oh, like there's like types that like use gauge plus people. There's giant types, and only one giant type, and the swords get purified and they're and they turn into tiny knives to get sent back to Makai. Right. We learned that um, the horrors like because I had the question of before, like how are where like what are horrors? Where do they come from? What do they do? But now we know that like they come specifically from objects, Yang objects. Yeah. So like dark, dark objects or some kind of like objects with dark energy or whatever. So. It seems like a lot of time when yin and yang get invoked in fiction, it's like yin is a like non-physical and yang is a physical. Okay. Invocation it feels sense. like. So maybe that's it. Like yin self, yang self. Like, that like seems to be it here. I'm not really sure. 
but that makes sense because that would be like your spirit versus your body, right? Yeah, which okay, sure. And it's also yin and yang, so it's inherently not meant to be like clear, <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, they also say that silver knights are below gold, and I'm like, that doesn't seem like what we've been told at all. It seems just like a different kind of dude, but sure, maybe prestige at that point. Kind of seems like that's all it could be because, like, skill wise, it isn't like they're unevenly matched. Right. Yeah. We're the family of Golden Knights. We're the preeminent family. Like, we have, like, the big city. You have the West. It's not as big a city. I don't know. Maybe that's it. But, um. It makes sense. People always have to find a way to look like they're better. Yeah. Um, we get a, um, a music video with the like new opening uh <laughs> hell <laughs> it's great. yes it was so good though i i'm with david like that in um when they started changing up the outros like i was stoked and we mentioned that jam project is a great band like it's just a band of the hardest singers you could find just going hard so good and you mentioned like how you might want to like try that like karaoke which if you get like yeah. three dudes at this this is just like a this is just a Way to go, I think. Well, because, like, Jam, <laughs> Jam Project is, like, got, like, four singers. Mm-hmm. And they sing as, like, kind of, like, an, uh, an ensemble, right? So, yeah, that would that would work. But, god damn, this song is fucking good. Yeah, no. And, like, I think, like, um, my favorite kind of band nowadays is, like, the band that's, like, clearly just trying to make the most kick-ass songs they can. Just, like, a bunch of people just going really hard. Just, like, oh, man, like, it's, like, a, like, real, like, uh. Just let's have four people all trying to like do solos at once. That's what like Jam Project is. Why not? Uh, and to like match this energy, the end of the episode shows a like subway car <laughs> with like a bunch of horrors on it that like Koga's like fighting as it's falling <laughs> and burning. And he's like, asks Aruba, what are you talking about? Who are you talking to? Right. Yeah. It's good. It's just good. Like, even for a recap, like, a recap episode should not be, like, interesting, but, like, they've given you a little bit of stuff, right? Now you know, like, the the psychiatrist is paying Kaoru, and you know, like, a little bit more about all, like, how the horrors manifest and stuff like that. Just a small thing. Can I think, too, that, like, um, this just comes from, like, a different era of TV, we're like, I don't think there's like recap shows the same way anymore. Like, it's like, oh, there's like a talking dead. There's like a podcast like after like an episode where like they'll learn little stuff. There's like explainer videos for like, oh, like one time Darth Vader did have a friend. He was this guy and then he died. Like, <laughs> but yeah, um, this is like how that like show stuff that like they haven't shown yet, but it's important. Worth noting, um, this is also the last time for um, the original ending song um but it's reversed from before where she's on the other side uh when like uh i was painting to the man singing but now it's time for the new shit and a slightly more active jam project um like the imagery has more going on with this like song that has like more going on episode 14 nightmare uh-huh. and then i do need to say um mission accomplished we got them boys that's a sister lover if I've ever fucking seen one. <laughs> uh, it's okay, she's adopted. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, like, what's the matter, like, stepsister? Just full on. 
Yep. What's the matter, Step Ginga? Step, Step Ginga. His name is fucking Ginga, isn't it? Like for space, right? His name is Space. Yes, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how you translate Ginga, but yeah. Um, it, no, it's not because Ginga, Ging is is silver. Okay, and you can, you know how like you read Gado as like Gado. Like it's okay. two two kanji, Ginga is silver and teeth, or silver <laughs> and like fangs. So his name is Silver Fang, basically. Interesting. Where okay. Gato is gold is like is like a wolf's teeth or something. I'm sure. Like when you break down like Koga too, it's like that. Where it's like, oh yeah, like ah, oh, like oh, like Koga. Oh, yeah, sure. But it's just fuck, man. This dude. Ray is the most the dude's ever been. And like, his sister's like out there like a hobbit picking flowers. He just like shows up behind her. He's like, oh, you're my stepsister. And she's like, oh, yeah, isn't that great? He's like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> but I just knew what I saw the dude. That's a sister lover if I've ever seen one. <laughs> just so you know, Koga's name, the kanji for his name, is a combination of Hagane and Fang. Okay. And Hagane means steel. So his name is literally Steel Fang. Nice. Ah, Silver Fang, Steel Fang. Just that's just if there's one thing that is like, man, Japanese Japanese writers be Japanese writing. It's that just, that shit. Just like, oh, what's your name? Oh, it's like <laughs> Hard Fist, and you're a boxer. Damn, that's wild. It's it's like all something from a D and D campaign. Okay, listen, like Koga's name is so dumb when you think about it in the way that they've used the kanji for his name, because his name is literally Koga is steel fang. And then his last name, Sejima is like cold Island or like lonely Island. Oh my goodness. (laughs) They really want you to know who this guy is. Don't they? Japan, Japan loves to do that shit with people's (laughs) names. Mm -hmm. Because I have to imagine Ray's name is the same. Like a hundred percent Ray Suzuhara, it probably is, but also, yeah. So, like, there's this character in My Hero Academia who his name is just like the sound that metal makes, and it's tetsu, like tetsu, repeated. Tetsu, tetsu. Yeah, his name is Tetsu 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 Tetsu, <laughs> which means metal, 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 metal. <laughs> like all the so all the kanji in his name is different, but you read it as Tetsu 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 Tetsu, which Tetsu is how you read metal. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> Such a dumb name. Some real like fucking like Stanley Yelnats shit going on here. Just yeah, like next some, level some though. St- Stanley <laughs> Stanley Yelnuts. Uh, so yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, base, Ray's name uh, Suzumura is like uh, Suzu means like Suzushi like cool. Okay. And then Muda is uh, how would you read Muda? Suzumura Muda is like village or hamlet or small or small place. It's like a a cold <laughs> village. And then Ray, his actual name, I think is is literally zero, zero cool village. He has no chill. Yes, his name is literally zero. Like Ray, Ray is zero. So like I assume that's why they called him Ray because his name is actually Ginga, but. The kanji for his name is Rei Suzumura. Rei is the kanji for zero. Weird. I, I maybe I don't know. I because they think that like Silver Teeth Cool Village isn't good. Does it work? 
But hang on, we're getting distracted from Ray's ridiculous rapiness. So, he's taken by his sister, who's not his real sister. Bonus points for him, (laughs) I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. To the person who taught him is his father, is his butler, is his adopted father for both of them, is what we come to. I don't know why they're saying he's a butler, because he's also is the last person to have the zero armor, apparently. Yes, Doji Suzumura. I don't know why he was also the butler that took him in, unless like he inherited it from the last of the line that died, and he was the only one around. I would assume that that's probably what happened. My butler takes fucking some Alfred just in the bat suit situation. It's insane, really. And so what he says is, um, start a new ancestral lineage with these hands, and then raise like, how about an ancestral one? Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> Uh yeah. Gross. Yeah. Um and like his sister like that has some line about like here's a dream crash. It's gonna suck up your dreams. Like, oh anything else? It's like, not tonight. Damn it. This is my incest <laughs> bed. <laughs> and it's such an incest bed. Like it's like, oh, this is a bed for one thing. And then here's how I hurt my relationship today. <laughs> um I've been waiting for this. So my partner was walking by and saw the scene where we see Ray running through his house. His butler slash Makai Knight dad Mm -hmm. is like cut down on the stairs. He goes upstairs. He sees his sister. There's a curtain covering what appears to be Garo, the golden knight. And there's a sword pointed at his sister as she's yelling for his name. And then she gets stabbed through her chest. And so my partner saw was like, oh, wow. And I was like, yeah, she's about to get Aerith. And she's like, what happens to Aerith? Oh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, that's a spoiler. I was like, oh, you know, you know, Aerith, what happens to Aerith? I wanted to play that game someday. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, and yeah, so that was a little bit of a moment of, oh, yes. No, no, honey. Mr. Sethiroff is not a good guy. <laughs> uh, um, and then immediately we see him. He's just finished buying his leather pants for when his like family dies. Which <laughs> we should all have around. Absolutely. Some leather dead family pants. Uh, and he forsakes his name as he puts out uh, two graves, but also a third grave, which I'm not sure if it was like him being like Squidward, like two like his like hopes and dreams, or like the former master or somebody. But um, then he takes the the Dreamcatcher as his symbol on the back of his jacket because he's edgy. Oh right, yeah. Mm. In honor of his sister girlfriend. Uh, and like, here's where Silva is like really not helping because Silva's like that must be Garo, the horror eating knight. And he's like, oh, that's a thing. He's like, totally. And Silva, you don't know shit about this. You don't have any context for this, Silva. It was so weird, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. She just, she has no idea. <laughs> that's gotta be Gar. There's nobody else who could be behind the curtain with a sword. It's impossible. <laughs> There's nobody else who could be wearing armor, despite the fact that your literal fucking dad wore the exact same type of armor. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? 
I don't know what's happening here, but let me just go ahead and start a small war just off of my speculation. Just, Jesus, shut the fuck up. So that person was definitely this person. They're definitely eating horrors. Nothing you've seen indicates they eat horrors. (laughs) Nothing indicates that's Garo. Just like, you know, man, I can't believe that they said your mom's sauce was horseshit. What? Yeah, we gotta go. Just like some real shit. Kill him. Kill him. Exactly. Gotta get rid of him after that. Don't you just hate when you start a fucking civil war, blood blood war against like blood your fucking feud, yeah. yeah, a family blood feud by accident because you listened to your magical necklace? <laughs> Who clearly had no idea what the hell she was talking about. She doesn't even have fucking eyeballs. Exactly. God damn it! <laughs> come on, guys, come on. <laughs> hey, please don't tell mom that like I broke her vase. Okay. I'm talking about the neighbor's cave in Shadden. It's like, there's no shit there. I I got you. I'm going to put it there. It's going to be fine, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, of course, um, content warning, of course, for sexual assaults. Uh, we should do this more. This is the most explicit uh, it's been so far, I think. Um, but, so, Kaoru shows up to, like, where Ray's living, which... Is the bar I think a couple episodes ago where we fought Garo and it's just mm-hmm. a dilapidated room with leaves on the ground, <laughs> a bunch of bottles behind him. Just cause, yeah, yeah. She's like, "Oh, I have some cake for my part-time job. Remember that important character note that you like sweets?" He's like, "I'm wearing a vest with the centers cut out on each side. <laughs> it's mesh." <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, "Yeah. Well, anyway, don't fight with them. You guys should be friends." He's like, "Well, what if I just..." Sexually assault you. Um, and like, not just a little bit, like a lot. Yeah, like he is on, he pushes her onto the bed, is on top of her. Remember that he rescued her from a group of people whose only intention was exactly that. So he knows she has some kind of PTSD from this. And that's how he decides he's going to scare her off. Like, there were so many bad decisions during this time period that we can't even list them all. Not to victim blame, but Kaoru has explicitly been creeped by this guy multiple times, and he's disavowed we tried to kill her. But he did not he did not disavow those. I do think maybe you just gotta be like, man, I'm not gonna go be around this guy alone a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I have to agree with you. Whatever, she's trying to be nice. Still a scumbag thing on his part, but you're right. She she does have no reason to trust this guy as much as she seems to for some reason. It's still on him entirely. Just like I was like, oh man, coward! Don't be around a, a dude. Don't be that guy. Nobody likes that guy. You look too much like somebody's sister, coward. Don't 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 be around him. It's <laughs> <laughs> bad juju, man. And so to point this out too, um, they do kind of. This shot of him taking her onto the bed is exactly the opposite way that in the next episode we see the horror take the artist where it is also framed like it's the only difference is like how the person being taken is facing. But it is like interesting there that they like repeat the shot between the like two episodes. Mm-hmm. Huh. But like so here's where like I say this is like playing into this weird romance smut thing is you kind of see her like be into it at points where she like likes their hands touching and like likes when they're about to kiss but then like it's just like it's playing with a genre space that I'm like ah 
But then it goes full on rape. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. It does play with it for a little bit, but then it gets to a point where you're like, okay, we need to like pull this back entirely because we're turning into an entirely different kind of TV show right now. But I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, th- I this show could go there, and I wouldn't be like surprised because I think it's been surprisingly though, it, just across the board from the start to now, it's been like. For a Japanese show, like, surprisingly mature about, like, Mm -hmm. how it treats female characters, which is kind Mm -hmm. of weird, because usually they're just like, oh, Lady is here as side character to do the thing. And I mean, Kaoru's kind of that character, but I never feel like it takes agency away from her in a way that, like, other shows do. Yeah, yeah, they definitely still treat her like one of the main characters in a way that we at least to this point in the series we've watched, I haven't gotten to see. So she does make some really dumbass decisions that I don't entirely agree with, but she's been given a lot more freedom as a female character than I've seen up to this point. So you can't take anything away from him on that front. Like she could have way more agency and be like damsel less, but also like there's stuff like the scene where she was given the sexy, like playboy, like, um, uh, the, like the bunny suit. Yeah, the bunny yeah. suit. Yeah. Like in other shows, it would have been her in the suit and then uncomfortable rather than right, like yes, tease 100%. it out, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it's just there is just a genre of like romance smut, like where it's like uncomfortable situations. So like for the audience to like feel the good part of it. And like that's always weird to me because I like don't like the like positive intimacy of sexual assault is something I don't think is just worth looking at. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know. Um, she does leave, and he eats some of the cake sad. It's like, oh, audience, I'm not really that kind of guy. I just had to chase her away, right? Yeah. I wish you were my sister. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. She isn't blood-related closely enough. <laughs> uh, my sister would have let me hit. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh god <laughs> and if we weren't already all on a bullet train to hell that just sealed it for us <laughs> hey I didn't write the character it's true yeah <laughs> just commenting on the culture here <laughs> if you give me the ammo I'm gonna shoot the gun what are you talking about <laughs> well uh well, speaking of sisters, um, Kaoru goes home and cries. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> she just go home and cry. And like, she stopped by Koga and like Gonza. It's like a whole thing where they're like, what's going on? And I thought at that point, like the episode was going to be Koga goes to kick Ray's ass. But uh, it yeah. wasn't. Right. You would I think. I was fully expecting it. Yeah. And like, she looks at like her drawing of like two knights working together. She's like, oh, wouldn't that be nice? And. She's like, I'm not going to help you work. And true, don't. <laughs> don't help. Um, I'm sorry, Kaoru, but you uh, are just somebody that people project a lot onto. Just avoid, avoid, avoid. Seriously. Like, in addition to being bait because of the horror blood, she just seems to be a magnet for, like, damaged people to come take their frustration out on. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm sure like that's like the character type too. It's like, oh look at her. She's got bone thin wrists and doe eyes. She, everybody <laughs> loves to project on her. She looks mm. like everybody's sister in this shot. 
yeah. <laughs> oh man, that would be the worst, like the worst, like subtitle, like everybody's sister. <laughs> Can you imagine how many more groups of, like, just sex-crazed degenerates she would have chasing after her if that were her subtitle? America's sister. (laughs) (laughs) Who would be America's sister? Would that be not Florida? Would that be Canada? Yeah, America's Uh, sister. (laughs) Wear your hat. All right. Yeah, it's true. What's maybe Greenland's America's sister? I don't think they'd ever admit to it. Which I don't blame them at all. Well, regardless, we get the um the conceit of the episode is that it's like this weird piece. So this like has a three part episode. It's the backstory of Ray. It's the sexual assault, and then it's the Black Order summons because once every five hundred years, there's a a hundred horrors come and they have to fight them all together. Right? Yeah, that's that's the the last episode, right? The uh, no, nightmare. Uh, there's um no. One more episode. Right, yeah, so I can't, that's the end of this episode. Yes, it is. That happens. Where they ride the fucking horses into hell? The Makai Dimension? The Makai Dimension, yeah, like, they they specifically give it a name. Yeah, I, I honestly was kind of confused by this. Yeah, this this whole thing seemed weird. They call it Makai. Yeah, they, they literally call it Makai. And they're told that, like, it's up to them. Yeah, I, I was actually kind of hoping you guys could shed some more insight into this because I spent that entire episode going, what the fuck is happening? in not really understanding why they were so angry at the end. So I, I feel like I'm, maybe I missed something in context. So I don't know too much about Japanese, um, just like the general like spirituality. like so, But like it seems like there's a lot of like the idea of like realm shows up in a lot of stuff. This explains a lot now that I've looked up what the actual definition of Makai is. What? It literally translates as demon. So is there something with, like, the storyline up to this point that I missed why this would be... Now, I know they said it's something that happens every hundred years. What was the big deal with them being, like, sent together and having to switch off their their jewelry? Was that, like... Some kind um, of rule, or I so don't get it. The reason that they switched their jewelry is because, uh, I I think that Golm was like, you guys are gonna like, you're gonna go into the the Makai world where we can't have contact with you, and someone's gonna off someone, mm-hmm. and then they're not gonna come back, and we need both of you to keep fighting demons. So switch your shit, so that it will guarantee that like you don't want to leave your magical fucking thing in the evil demon world okay gotcha yeah i feel like i missed a big part of like where the um like the emotional side of the guys was coming from during this because of that so zero also has a a a horse and i guess you need a horse to get to the demon world and that's why they're doing it to stop it before it actually gets to earth to tokyo whatever um so Which, ironically, the horse is also called Ginga. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ginga, my horse, Ginga, myself, and mm-hmm. what? So, so the Makai Knight Ginga rides Ginga into the Makai <laughs> dimension. Uh, yeah, it's dub. If you 
rode into town on your sister on Friday, and you left with your sister mm. on Monday. <laughs> so yeah, and like they're fighting before they get to like, like the gate. So they're just like using up like twenty seconds to fight, and then they're like, "Oh, there's way more than hundred of these guys," and they're like, "Um." They also have this bet where they're like, oh, if I get home first, I tell Kyle everything. Because I'm all about transparency. I told my sister I wanted to fuck her all the time. Right. Suddenly. <laughs> and, like, he'll leave them alone if he doesn't get there first. Which seems like a weird bet to make. But they get there and they're like, oh, no, there's too many. And then they find there's this big, like, summoning rock tower floating in the sky with, like, Red lightning. Weird space station. They're like, oh, that, that must be somebody in the horrors. And like, like, these are all like low level horrors. And I'm sure like the ones we see in the show are like higher level ones, but there's hundreds of them. They have to fight. And there's this point where like they're each like doing their like special attacks and like V triggers, like, like take up more of them and like one up each other. And then like Koga says, can you use like blazing armament? And they both do. And they're both like all like in their like, like, weird like burst mode and fighting them they kill the tower and they win they get home but at the same time and they're exhausted and like they think they've been like set up too they're like oh like golem like put us in a trap yeah because they're, they're like ah there's gonna be like a hundred of them and they go there they're like this is not a hundred like this is way more than a hundred like you said a hundred this mm-hmm. is not that yeah and like ray tries to attack golem and like it's start by the butler mark Musashi. Koda- Kodama, yeah, his oh, Kodama. Name is Kodama. Okay, but he just he's just like fucking just like NBA no sellsless dude. Like fucking, he's like a character from Dragon Ball Z. Just grabs his face and he's just like, nah, fuck you, get the fuck out of here, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy that part because that's like the first real bit of personality we get to see from this guy. So I was like, yes, let's see more of this. Like that energy. I have to assume that um he's gotta do some shit. He's be like, oh yeah, I'm like, oh. uh-huh. yeah, like, I'm like Golem's like assassin, and you've like gotten trouble. I'm gonna get you or something, you know? Oh yeah, they're setting him up to have a storyline for sure. Well, the fact that like, okay, he's he's there, right? And like, he's like their butler. And then when Ray and Koga, who as far as we know are like the strongest characters in this series. And he just, like, no-sells Ray. He's like, ah, get out of here, you fucking bitch. And just, like, throws him away. He's like, I don't give a shit. Like, you're like, oh, like, this guy must be really fucking strong. And, like, if they're not superhuman, just, like, training until they use their, like, their, like armor, then maybe there's, like, a couple people in the order like this. But what's the order? We don't know. Right. Right, yeah. So Golm just says, we're sorry. <laughs> we didn't know. Our bad. It's just a prank, bro. <laughs> yeah the most unbuyable apology in the history of tv shows like even i was sitting there going come on come on you gotta give them something and like there's just like aside when they're like like so zarupa tells koga there's so little evil aura on you from fighting you must just like to do it and it's like okay what does this mean <laughs> any context please yeah that was weird and then, like, Ray's like, I meant to kill him. Or, like, he knows from, like, Ray's fighting that Ray means to kill him, which should be clear by now. Ray does mean to kill you. <laughs> he hasn't exactly made a secret of it, has he? 
No, he has like two goals in life, and his sister's dead, so he's like focused on one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> a very uh, kick-ass and chew bubblegum lifestyle. Have you ever seen the movie A Simple Favor with Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick? No. Very, very, very dark comedy. And at one point, just spoilers all around for anybody, but um, it's revealed that the lost love that Anna Kendrick had was her brother that she only got to meet later in life, and they ended up having an affair. Blake Lively's character very, very uh, angrily at one point goes, brother fucker, talking about him. And it was such a hilarious out of nowhere line that... I still say it just randomly at times when I'm upset at something. So this whole discussion about uh, Ray being in love with his sister, I just keep going, sister fucker, in my mind with that exact same intonation. Sorry for the side tangent. It just reminded me so oh, much no. of it. I had to oh, he's uh, 100% a sister draw the parallel there. So I just keep hearing this angry sister fucker in my head every time he does something. Okay. So do we think that Ray gets another love interest by the end of this show by the end of this show franchise probably mm. it's like oh there's some weird like side book or whatever and he meets a girl maybe but you know i'm gonna say maybe i don't feel like i feel like by the end of this series ray is just gonna have to come to terms with the death of his uh sister and then that's kind of it yeah and then he just moves on from there i'm gonna like, s- I, I think no, go ahead. That's how it works. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say, like, I think that that makes like is the most logical ending for that character, in my opinion. But maybe he does. I don't know. No, I have to agree with you. I think that we're probably gonna go with at least a few more episodes of him being confusedly thinking that he's in love with Karu for some reason, just because he kind of seems to have like a misplaced sense of his affection right now. So I think we're going to have to deal with that for a little bit longer, but I don't really see them introducing a character to put into place for him. I think this is just, they're going to deal with that confusion a little bit longer. And then maybe later on down the line, outside of the series, they might give him someone to latch onto that isn't related to him. (laughs) Hopefully, (laughs) hopefully my, (laughs) are they doing a love triangle at this point? Because I don't feel like they could decide if they are yet. Like as writers, it, it seems like they can't decide. Yeah, don't know. Yeah, um, and of course uh, we get a new ending where just like how we're walking and it's like I cannot fall in love yet. I cannot fall in love yet. I cannot fall in love yet. Oh no. Yeah, and that's what kind of makes me think they're gonna drag out this thing with Karu for a little bit longer, maybe just to add some interest between her and our uh, golden knight over there and maybe give him something to strive towards. But I don't think it's like a legit concern that she's actually going to end up with this guy who has actually threatened to assault her on several occasions. It does seem like in a show made like not in Japan, like in like a random like Netflix show, they either like work up that love interest, like that love triangle more with Ray or like she'd have like a shitty boyfriend who just like is like, not as cool as Koga for like the first half of like the first season. <laughs> yeah, I feel like maybe if it was maybe an American show, you're right. She would probably have some shitty boyfriend and maybe like Koga and Ray would team up to beat his ass and they would have like, <laughs> some confusion for a little while. And then after that, they'd just be like, well, 
you know, Ray still isn't over his sister, so he's going to let Koga have this one. No, his name is Barry, not Barago. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's a reveal. All right. Well, he's like Barry alive right now. He bears on ambulance. <laughs> but this is our last episode, though. Episode uh, 16, uh, Sculpture Statue. It really depends uh, on what Plex wants to say sometimes. But um, so this is about a um, a like man who is a like famous like sculptor. And we see um, he is working with a model, but he's he, he keeps saying, I'm not talented, it's not good enough. And um, so this man, Maki, is another um, Toku cameo. Um, he is, um, I'm going to try this one more time, Hitsuji Iteo. Um, he is a like actor who you might know um, from Comrade of the First. He plays uh, the spider combat man. So the first monster that is faced by uh, the main combat rider there. He is um, in Tokyo Gore Police, which is like one of those movies that you might have heard of. Oh, that's where I recognize him from. Uh, yes. Okay. I'm like, why do I recognize his face? Yeah. Um, that that makes sense. And then um, he is uh, the um, main uh, the uh, main common rider um, in. Um, Heisei versus Showa Kamen Rider, the movie. Uh, he is Kamen Rider 15. And I'll put a link here really quick in our chat. Oh, nice. So Is he number 15? Heisei Rider versus Showa Rider. Kamen Rider Tyson featuring Super Sentai. Um, so this was like, there were 15 Showa Kamen Riders. So the year of the 15th Heisei Kamen Rider, they like had a versus movie. That That makes sense. Because on his helmet, it literally has the kanji for 15. Yes, and um, the comrade for that year, comrade game, um, was able to escape him by using his strawberry form. Oh, okay. Because Ichigo, Bleach, 15. There you go. Uh, but yeah, uh, so he's like that. He's the real bad guy in that movie. <laughs> um, fair. Except maybe he's not. Da da da. But anyway, um. That would come up if we were looking at the complete history of what happens to Cabo Rider Deno after the series ends, because there's a lot of weird like multiverse uh, shenanigans there. But yeah, um, here he's just playing um this sculptor Maki, and um, he is just like sculpting. Wait, 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 wait. The, the sculptor Maki? Maki, M A K I. Maki's the name of the model. Oh, okay. The 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 sculptor's named Kohei. My bad there. Okay. <laughs> I wondered because I'm like, Maki is a girl's name. That's not right. Yes, Kohei Kuromachi. Okay. So Kohei, he is um just about to stab his hand because it's not good enough. He's like, Man, this girl's so fucking hot and my sculpture looks like shit. This is like clay. I want to have a cool sculpture. And then he gets like found by a horror that's like, I'll eat your soul. And he's like, really? But like, I'll, I'll give you God's hands. He's like, let's let's do this. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> he's like, Hell yeah. All right. 
Um, I will say that personally, this was probably one of the most distressing episodes that I've watched since we started this. Oh, it's fucking disturbing. Not to say also, it probably wasn't also one of my favorite episodes that we've watched up to this point, as distressing as it was, because it did have a lot of really cool shit happen also. This felt like it was a different direction for the show. Maybe they'll keep it up, or maybe like it's just like one-off, but it definitely mm-hmm. felt like this was trying to be darker, a little more peril. It was some fucking body horror shit. Uh, yeah, it kind of almost reminded me of the very first episode. Now, I know that we didn't get as in-depth with the, that curator and his whole, you know, being a pedophile thing, but it it did have a lot of the same like darkness and tone I kind of expected from this show coming in and I really enjoyed it. Speaking as a callback to that first episode, you know in the first episode when the lady jumps out of the the painting? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, still have nightmares about it. Yeah, that actress is also in this episode as the second model he killed. Oh, nice. that's fun. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Oh, yeah, okay. Did not recognize about the green hair. Yep. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's you got makeup on, right? <laughs> when you become a blue lady out of a painting. Um, so I do think the way that like he gets like horrored is cool though, because he just like gets like mounted basically from behind. It's like, okay. And like let like, the horror's hand goes over him in like a very intimate way. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. cool for you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Um, uh, but he loses his soul, but he gets God's hands, and his power is of course to like make people that he's made statues of he can like cause their body to feel it and like he like cuts their arms and their legs off and they actually die very uh scary power it is it is very creepy too because like Mm -hmm. it's it's not just like he's there and he's like manipulating them it's just it's slow and there's like that that fucking like bone breaking sound effect that plays whenever he grabs them it's just like Yeah. And you're like, oh, God. And, like, it never shows them, like, getting, like, disfigured or, like, mutilated or whatever, right? Like, it, it, they don't show any of that. But you can just, you, your brain fills in that fucking exactly. spot, right? That's, I think that's why it's so distressing, because they do it so well. You're not going to see anything gory. You're not going to see anything, like, really crazy. It relies entirely on the actors and actresses like facial expressions Mm -hmm. and body movements and all this other shit and like these sound effects that pop up like you were talking about with the bones cracking. They don't have to show you the gory things because they do just enough and they do it so well that it fills in every bad thing you can think of. And it's it really is just absolutely horror inducing because it is so almost true to life like if you could imagine someone just suddenly being afflicted with a curse and for that to be what happens it's just ugh. It, like you really can't get into your head over this episode it's is genius too because like the the way they set up his power right mm-hmm. is like he's basically like using you like a voodoo doll right. so they can show what happens on the the clay model and your brain will just fill in exactly that to right. the real person, right? Yeah. So they just go, whatever, like, slice off her arm or, like, snap her leg backwards. Yeah, and especially with the models that they used, I want to say the uh, the third one, right before Kyra comes into the studio, the way that they're, like, showing her being frozen in place and just these tears streaming down her face and she can't move her head, but, like, the way she's able to contort her face and let you know just... 
how much pain she's in and how scary this is. It was just, it was such a phenomenal way to set up that scene and make you really realize, like, not only has this dude gone completely off the deep end, but he's managed to tap into a power that is worse than anything we've seen up to this point. Two small details, like, um, in the power are that um, you see that the people that are being modeled this way, um, they have, like, sweat all over their body as if they're, like, actually holding these poses with their muscles. Yes! Mm. It's really cool. That's what I'm saying. It's just, it's so well done, and it's entirely on the scene actors in that. Like, there's nothing that the main characters in these particular parts can do to enhance that. It is entirely just that they've built this around these characters who don't even have lines in some cases, doing everything with, like, their facial and body movements, and it's completely crazy to even try to wrap your brain around. And um, one, like, super small thing, like, happens once, but um, the second model that he's working with, um, he has this moment where, like, he takes out, like, a block to, like, hammer on the arm on the clay model it's not violent like it's not like killing her like moving her unnaturally but you see her like feeling the like blows as he's doing it like flinching just in a very small way and it it seems a lot more violent than it is you're right because she reacts perfectly to that that scene of him hitting the sculpture and of course um like when he kills like the first model, he like goes to suck her eye and like eat her body Ugh. from there. It, oh yeah, God, it's so fucking gross. It looked like something out of a porn scene. Like in every time he did it, it did. And I think that made it even worse. Like it made the creepy crawler just go all over your body. It was nuts. It was very funny though. Like you could see like he he's not like making a seal off his mouth and they're like they're adding the sucking good pose. It's very much like you could see the actor like also like trying very hard not to like do anything <laughs> on this like one woman's <laughs> eye. Ugh. Yeah. How awkward would it be to be the actor in that scene too? Either the one that's getting their eyeball sucked or the one having to do the sucking and make it look convincing. <laughs> the one sucking is worse because the one getting sucked is like, come on, just do it, dude. Just do it. <laughs> just a little bit harder, you pussy. What are you doing? Yeah. I'm not your sister. Relax. Do you think my eyes are gonna pop out? It's like a, I, I forget what it is in psychology, but there's like a, there's like some kind of like phenomenon that's like, um, the difference between like sexual arousal and disgust is like, th- there's like a very 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 thin line. Oh God! <laughs> like like actual like like psychologically right. Or it's like it's like sexual arousal and death or something. I forget which which one it is, but like it can. Yeah, it can, you just have to push it like that one centimeter, a little bit more, and it just becomes completely just fucking. Bleh. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, because like a lot of like um, along with like the like idea of like the libido, there's like the morbido, which is like your death drive. It's like oh, and that's like what's like. And like way out of date, like Freud stuff. And it's like, oh, like the same drive they have, like to like have sex is like to like die. And it's like very close, which I'm sure I'm not sure if that's like contemporary, but that makes sense to me. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. it's weird mm. how the mind works. Yeah, definitely. And it this is one episode where they definitely toe that line in a really unique way. Like, I'm not hating on it. It was 
delightfully creepy in all the best ways. And it definitely helped like toward the end when we finally got to the fight scene because it broke up a lot of that tension that had been building up. But it man, this episode really leads you down a path and you kind of don't have a choice but to follow it. This next fight scene, though, is that um he's like taking some legs. I'm not sure if they're like human legs or like clay legs and like making them into like some art in his like outside his like factory studios like door and then that's when Koga shoves like huh late night art oh, or like legal potter that's what he says not, not late night art <laughs> I don't really have an interest in this it's like what the fuck is illegal pottery first off you nerd <laughs> he's only ever known as butler his one liners suck he's like illegal pottery <laughs> Extra sugar in your tea was what? What are you talking about, dude? <laughs> Not flossing. What are you talking about? <laughs> Mismatched socks, really? Exactly. Maybe, maybe he was he was talking about like counterfeit stuff. <laughs> I I assume that's, that's okay. what he meant, but it it was just such an unexpected line. It really did throw me out of the episode for a second. I was like, it is a little bit weird. Isn't <laughs> illegal <it>? pottery. <laughs> Steak with a salad fork, huh? <laughs> we issue citations for that around here, buckaroo. <laughs> Washing Jeopardy before dinner, huh? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, <laughs> Koga has to fight this like um horror form, which is like it's called the gargoyle, but it looked like a cockatrice to me. It was just, like a weird bird thing that's mm-hmm. like made people like stone, but it's a cool design. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was supposed to be like a tengu or something. Okay, yeah. But it's not. It's called gargoyle, which is like okay, what? I'm not sure about that one. It's weird. He can't even touch it until he becomes like transformed, then like it like runs away. Um, but just like a great design here. Like, it's like a classic like suit. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty neat. It's a little bit goofy, right? Cuz like it's got like this obviously fake goofy fucking cr- like raven crow head mm-hmm. but like who cares it looks neat the same border between like death and sexuality is cool and goofy though i think in like togu stuff yes yeah <laughs> and like as is happening like there's like a like scene where coward gets called by like this publisher that was like really good friends with her dad apparently it was like hey this one dude said he liked your dad to interview you should go talk to him <laughs> yeah that was so weird that, uh... I I understand that it was to move the story along, but there was no part of that publisher that was like, oh, what if this is just some weirdo that I'm sending this young girl off to see? And there was no part of her that was like, I don't know anything about this guy except that he might tentatively have a connection to my father. Let me go out to some abandoned docks and just go hang out. What the fuck is happening? And the cool thing about, like, a lot of the horrors, I think, like, this, like, one captures is, oh, um, until they eat you, this is the same they would be otherwise. And I'm sure he would otherwise be like, I just said I respected him. Pose nude for me or I will assault you. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. hmm. Which you need to stress. Uh, that's a sucky trope to rely on. If this was a more modern show, like, I'm sure we'd have more to say on it but it's just kind of like an unfortunate fact of the genre at the time <laughs> but yeah let's just make this clear if anyone has any 
lingering questions. I feel like safe to say this for the whole of Common Ride with me. We are, as a podcast collective, against sexual assault in any <laughs> forms. <laughs> I I might be... Yeah, I think that's pretty emphatic. I, I hate to, you know, speak for everyone being the only female on the no, crew, that's but totally. I'm just going to go ahead and say that I feel like uh, all of these guys are good enough guys that they're going to go ahead and just be with me on this. So that is a, a common ride, <laughs> ride with me exclusive take that sexual assault is not okay, guys. Well, I mean, like, you, you obviously the the listener can't see it, but I think, like, in the book club chat, while I was watching these episodes, uh, when episode uh, 14 comes up and Ray's being a real fucking creep, I literally typed in chat, I sincerely hope Ray gets fucking shanked. <laughs> yeah, he, I will, I will 100% confirm that David does have a desire to kill Ray, especially oh, because Ray. of the sexual assault. Oh, Ray's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's just not. Mm. And we will not even excuse him because he was in love with his sister. We will actually say that that doubles down on him being a fucking creep. The main point that I wanted to make, though, is that there's stuff that we're kind of glossing over because the show is 17 years old that we wouldn't in a modern show where you'd have to more radically address the writing, I think, because people yes. know better now in a way. Yeah, absolutely true. And I I was saying that just more of a uh, uh, for not only comedic effect, but just to make our position known in case anybody had doubts. Yeah. But you're right. This it, there are some things that like when you are looking at media that's a little bit older, you have to I hate to say the word excuse, but that's what it is. You're dealing with a different time period, you're dealing with different expectations. So, it, you're right. Like I think this was handled as well as it could have been for the time period it was filmed in. Yeah, which is wild thing about like 2005, but like, man, like, as somebody who like watched a lot of like Toku, even, I've seen that I know that the like, that the state of feminism in Japan is a much different situation than it is in America, for example, and it's a much different conversation, but I've definitely noticed strides in the way that female side characters are like presented or like their stories mm -hmm. are told in like the past couple of years even where I'm like, oh wow, there's a lot of more female writers, a lot more characters who just aren't just being damsel and that kind of stuff. So it's like, you know, uh if this was a 2022 show where every episode somebody was in peril in a specifically like gendered way, we probably have more to say on it. But Yeah, for sure. And just like I, I was saying earlier, up to this point, this is still the best that I've seen a female main character be handled. So it's not like they did a bad thing for the time period they were in. There are just still some things that we're going to raise our eyebrows at because yeah. they were more accepted for their time period than they are now. And also, it's Japan, right? Like, yeah. They, they have a very different cultural view on the, you know, the genders. So mm -hmm. She's a main character in a way that we didn't really have in the other shows. Like, a lot of times, like, oh, yeah, um, this character from Kiva... Just isn't here this episode. She's never not here. <laughs> you know? But fortunately, she's in peril all the time, but, you know. Yeah, either that or, you know, we're just going to completely erase this character and, you know, replace her with a 10-year-old. We've seen some shit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's that's more of, like, a, a circumstances kind of shitty type thing, like, but who knows, right? Yeah. And also, just, like, in 2005... 
Japan was still recovering from 9-11, so there's a lot of allowances there. That's true. It really affected all of us in a significant way. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were serious for a second, Steph, and I just couldn't. I, I, I was trying to play along, but then I started giggling in the middle, and it just fucked up the whole thing. So this is why we don't do it live anymore. But no, uh, so with that address that, man, the show loves to do like two things. Um, <laughs> the next thing that happens, it's like Koga gets reprimanded for going to the West. And he's like, this guy's here all the time. And then there's like, here's where we start getting a lot of like POV, like handheld shots throughout the episode of like, he gets like reprimanded in first person. And like, there's a shot of like Ray being like, can't suck on lollipops together anymore, huh, bud? It's like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> he was saying, you don't look enough like my sister for me to eat this hard candy with you. Fuck off. Uh, and so Koga can't go west. He will never learn peace like Sun Wukong anymore. This Koga. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, I, I like that. I like that. It kind of answers the thing, right? Like now we know where kind of the border is. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, that's true. It's like somewhere in the middle of Tokyo. So, like, I guess this is just like a Tokyo thing. Although some of the places are in Yokohama, so I don't know what delineates that. But whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, there's like provinces, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is, but like Yokohama's south. So that's kind of weird. What are you saying, Steph? Well, I was just going to say it. It also kind of added this more interesting dynamic kind of pointing to what I was saying too earlier about them having this kind of like pseudo love triangle because, of course, she goes into a realm that Kuga, it's not supposed to be able to get to her with. So who do we see first when she's walking along is Ray, And he kind of like they have that scene with him talking to his necklace and it almost seems to establish that he's not going to come save her ass. But the, of course the second she's in real trouble, you know, he's the one who pops up. So it, it adds a, a weird kind of um, aspect to his internal struggle with this whole situation. I think it's interesting that they do have enough awareness to show her like respond to the trigger of seeing him mm -hmm. after what happened. Um, and then also like, I don't know what's up with Sylvie. Sylvie's like, Oh, stop, like stop assaulting this woman. And also like, seems like jealous of her later. Like, like, like they're playing like Sylvie like, almost like she might love him, which, you know, man, yeah. wouldn't be jewelry, you know? They're, yeah. They're almost kind of, trying to put that doubt into the the viewer's imagination but on the other hand kind of just showing him being nothing but a shitbag the entire time so it's it's i don't know it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of put a resolution to this between those two characters yeah and there's like always characters in fiction where like you find out like someone says oh yeah like he's my favorite character it's like Oh, not yet. <laughs> Forget about that. <laughs> In like season four, he rocks. Don't worry. Uh, but so um, around here is where he found out that while Kaoru was going to this other city, this other part of the country, 
She also asks Koga out to dinner, but he's not there. And then he's like wondering like where she is and, and like is told she's by a horror. And then he goes and like Zaruba says, no, but like you'll break the law and this once or twice doesn't matter. <laughs> and uh, she, she's almost uh, killed, but she's saved by Ray and she falls and she's caught by Koga. And then like Koga's like going to go fight. And then like Zaruba's like, hey. Don't fight. That's more illegal. But also watch him fight. Isn't that better? <laughs> and Ray has a new double sword he can make. Oh, yeah. He's like weird double sword. Maybe kind of a bow thing later. Oh, maybe. I I think like that's it's the shape is too obviously a bow when it's connected the opposite way to, to not be like a fucking laser bow or some shit. I think they're going to give someone else the bow, though, at this point. Like, if they're, like, introducing more people. Uh, or be both, honestly. See, I, I think I think it's a bow because he could use it from horseback and, like, just be sniping people with the bow. Ah, but then Koga's sword is going to be better sword. because it's Of course, because it'll shoot lasers course, or some shit. Yeah. yeah, it's like, ah, oh, this is the flame attack. Or call an entire army or something. Ah, uh, I've called the ghosts. I'm the true king. I'm Koga. <laughs> and um, what of the most like um, genre silly things that like as he's killing the horror, he's like, oh, you're the perfect sculpture. I want to make you a masterpiece. Then he gets killed. I actually really liked that a lot because but, there's so many times like with the battle scenes in this universe that it is like you get all of the back and forth during the battle and then they just die and then we move on to the next thing but I really enjoyed having this aspect of this um, person kind of having this last minute revelation that if they had just held out a little bit longer and not letting the demon take over they like the inspiration was right there it was a really cool way to send off probably one of my favorite villains up to this point was just have that last minute realization of him being like Oh, yeah, I could have been a contender. Oh, now I'm dead. And, like, um, her sketch pad gets, like, caught by Ray, who, like, holds it backwards on the, like, drawing of, like, the countryside to the horizon. So, like, his fingers at the horizon and, like, the countryside, like, the start is to her. She takes it. That's a cool little, like, uh, oh, detail yeah. there. Um, But she's been very vulnerable and very doe-eyed this episode. And then he says, my name is Ray, but it's really zero. But I exist here and now what my dude i know i thought i felt like he was opening a fortune cookie at the last minute you're like <laughs> this works on all the girls well it didn't work shit <laughs> that's weird my sister loved it <laughs> <laughs> that was the one that always got her down to clown yep <laughs> oh god clown sister the worst <laughs> <laughs> i guess depending on who you ask he'd probably be down for it I'm gonna write down "clown sister" the worst. That probably has great SEO. I feel like that could clown be like the, the name of this episode. Yeah, just a picture of like me, like making like YouTuber face, like "clown sister" the worst. <laughs> Gone sexual. Have people? They don't do YouTuber face in porn, do they? It's like it's YouTube, porn, what's right? You, what's YouTuber face? Like, are you yes. talking about like? 
I mean, I watch porn, but I don't watch YouTube, so I need an explanation here. So, like, it's like a picture of, like, a movie. It's like, oh, here's, like, a seed from the movie. Then there's, like, big text being, like, real plot holes that you missed. And it's like a, like, dude going, like, oh, Oh, with his his mouth open or whatever, going like, yeah, he's doing soy jack face. So it's just like some porn, some text. Clown sister the worst. It's like me going like, ah! (laughs) I I think we need to do that, but it's still like with you as Kippy to make it like this absolute long throwback to an episode that happened two years ago. I mean, so... I think that it's very funny that a lot of porn is not about step siblings. They just put it in the title because it's like good SEO. Could we do that with other genres like clown? Like clown fucking <laughs> no clowns involved. It's like no clowns are armed. <laughs> that would be funny. Like, oh, this is like uh water sports, and there's like no water sports. It's like, oh sorry, it happened after. My bad. It's a plot hole. It didn't happen in this movie. Uh Anyway, I've lost all plot here. Um, I think we started out the episode having lost the plot entirely. I don't know. That's Hey Arnold's fault, I think. Ah, uh, true that. Um, then Kaoru says, at the end of it all, I'm going to paint towards my future. It's blank like the canvas. Okay, cool. I'm not sure what inspired you here, but cool. Um, and then we see... Almost getting assaulted again? That seems to be like just what happens with her yeah uh it's become such a joke that it's bad um but uh we also see that like the ending i can't fall in love yet song it has like different art for each character walking mm-hmm. i'm assuming there's one for koga maybe one for gonza just to be like oh man can't fall in love yet i'm the butler i'm gonna put that next to clowns which is the worst actually but uh there you go regardless uh that's Garo, though. Episodes 11 through 15. Talked a lot about it. Lots about other things. Um, but um, what we have for next time is episodes 16 through 20. Uh, but just a quick vibe check. How are people feeling about this show? Um, my favorite so far. I'm really enjoying the hell out of it. It's just like I was telling you and David earlier, like anytime it gets to the point where I'm about to watch these episodes because we're about to record, it's my favorite time of the week because I am just so stoked to get back into this series. Mm. Yeah. What do you think, David, about the show so far? It's pretty fucking good. (laughs) I'm not going (laughs) to lie. Like consistently... It's shown me stuff that I haven't seen in Toku before. It's interesting enough that I want to keep on going because I want to see what they do next. Whereas, like, I and I feel like it's less, um, it's a little bit less formulaic than a common writer. I think one of the things that, that more modern common writer like annoys me more than anything is just how blatantly some of it is just a commercial where. Mm-hmm. Garo has, like, none of that shit, right? Like, he he hasn't just been, like, you know, when he gets the fucking horse, like, they don't do this whole, like, thing about, like, oh, he's got the magic horse. The, we've seen the horse in two episodes out of 15. And, like, maybe the time amount that has been on screen has been, like, what, five minutes total? Maybe a little bit longer than that? But, like, that would be in every fucking episode in a common Rider show, right? 
because they have to sell the toy of it. Whereas I feel like Garo has like completely abstained from doing any any of that kind of stuff, and the show is better for it because when Koga just pulls out a new move or something and he just like does it, and you're like, okay, I believe that he has that move. Like they don't make this big like show of it being like, oh, he's got this fucking new power, and that's how we're gonna sell the the next toy or whatever, right? So I I feel it's done a service by not having just this kind of looming we need to market anything in the show so that we make money because it's a 30 minute long tv commercial i think that that's also just a matter of foresight it's like okay can we make a show that does not allow for that and i think that's because they got to make the show in 2005 where all the where all the other shows like are trending or have trended towards that greatly in the past several years they're like oh we figured out what that if we don't want to have that kind of come into the show, we have to just change how it's made and what it looks like. And they're like, oh, here's a do show that's meant to just like disallow that, you know? Right. As we end the show, um, let's talk about, of course, our uh, questions, which are who was everybody's uh, th- three favorite characters at this point in the show? Uh, let's start with you, Steph. Uh oh man. So since we finally got to see more of him, I'm gonna go ahead and go with the butler, uh Gonzo. Is that am I saying it's G- not right. Gonza. Gonza, that's right, yeah. Um Gonzo? Gonza <laughs> Sesame Street. Gonza. Uh, yeah, that was my confusion. Yeah, yeah, Gonza. Yeah. Um <laughs> I understand I, how you can make that mistake. <laughs> I really enjoyed like him finally getting a chance to show off some of his knowledge and kind of how he's been there for uh Koga the entire time. Uh I dug gotten to see more of his character. Um really controversial style of like journalism though, that Gonza. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always. You never know when he's gonna um fly off and take care of the other Muppets. Anyway, um <laughs> My other favorite is going to have to be the, uh, oh God, and I already forgot his name too, the hor- the very first horror from this set, the uh, the one that was playing the tricks. A dentalian. Yeah, dentalian. Yes, yes. He was such an interesting character. Could not get enough of him. Um, and the sculptor, because for the same reason like they were just both characters that while they were on the screen i wanted to watch them i wanted to see what was happening with them so unfortunately two out of three of them were bad guys in this uh series but i i just enjoyed those characters the most how about you david um okay working from the bottom my third favorite is the sculptor as well like just like mm-hmm. really creepy the episode he's in is so good like just all around just good character um i'm gonna say my number two is taiga uh uh koga's dad because i just think like it he was in a cool episode he kind of like shows up not as a cameo because this came before deno so like technically deno would be the cameo or whatever but doesn't matter um he he's just he's in a good episode he's in a good fight it's cool but my number one also has to go to dentalian because damn jay hits it out of the park on that one he's just he's so i don't know what it is about his acting but he's just like kind of charismatic but a little bit sinister and kind of jokey and it Mm -hmm. works perfectly for that character it's yeah it's great the way he moves is just like like he's from children's like 
TV. Like yeah. he's like very expressive yes. a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, I'd give him my number three. I think. Um, number two, gonna give to Kaoru, uh, because I think just uh, she's isn't always given a lot, but she's expected a lot, and she's put in a lot of weird situations. But like, I feel like she's doing a lot of good work as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, I think I'm gonna give to Zaruba actually, because a lot of this like whole five episodes is framed by what he's telling us, what he's like interpreting he's kind of like as close to honest and like aware as we have as a character mm. yeah okay yeah yeah like I can a dig that. couple episodes he like tells us what's up you know oh and then what was everyone's favorite like effect fight what have you our favorite toku man that that was definitely tough for this run and 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 i'm sorry but i'm i'm gonna have to have two i I just don't see a way around it. Um, I'm gonna say the final fight with once again the uh the quiz master, the taskmaster from the first episode. Um, I just I thought it was really cool how he went from I am not going to engage with you like as a fight. This is how I do things, like making you go through all these games and riddles. Um, so to actually get the fight was really cool, but then also once again the um, effects around the sculptor and the way that once again, the models were reflecting like this pain with so little like outside provocation was just really awesome. So I don't feel like I could pick a favorite between those two things, but yeah, those would definitely be two of the best effects. I felt like we saw through this set. Okay. What do you think, David? Um, For me, I would agree with Steph and say that the the effects done in the episode with the sculptor are just it's pulled off so well. Like it's not like a fight, but just it it hits you right in that it's right in that correct spot of disgusting and gross, but also kind of cool. Um, and I'm gonna have to pick two as well because I think the fight uh, of Barago versus Taiga in like the forest outside their house or wherever the hell it they fought is pretty neat there's like specifically one one effect where barago like i think he like punches taiga or hits him with the sword and like taiga blocks it but he gets hit so hard he like gets thrown back into a tree and then onto the ground yes it's just a really well done like stunt and it looks good so those those are my two hmm it's hard i think shout out to the uh base horror design because it has a lot of different elements like it kind of looks like um the rabbit from donnie darko it kind of looks like a lot of different stuff uh but it's just a very good base design for like a creature type it's like just expressive enough Mm -hmm. um and i'll give two two why not um i do think that um it was very cool to me how like that whole two versus a thousand fight scene uh they just kept giving them like different special attacks like different things they were doing it's like oh yeah this is like them like one up against each other and like the way that was all set up where it's like very much like oh yeah here's all this cool shit that is never good to do unless i'm on horseback in like a different dimension but i'm gonna do it here and then of course our final question is uh what was everybody's favorite fit that we saw this week oh god this is a tough one. This one's hard because, like, most of the characters don't 
change clothes all that much. Mm-hmm. Like they have like a, a kind of a set uniform, right? A little bit. Um, shit, it's hard. Um, really quick, everybody. I'm just on the page for episode 15, uh, statue, and I. Not going to go into this more, but apparently <laughs> the suit actor for Zero is Zero Mark Musashi. Is Mark Musashi, yeah, that's cool as hell. <laughs> yeah, dude. So like Mark Musashi, he's not just playing Kodama. Like when they need multiple people in suits, he's in the suit. So anytime that's Ray is awesome. fighting in that episode, it's him. That's badass. I love that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Oh man, oh, as far oh. as fits, though, that's really tough because we had so much of like flashbacks and kind of setting up story here that we actually saw a lot of um kind of you know greatest hits that we've seen up to this point um can i cheat and say taiga no there you go <laughs> despite the <laughs> sexy outfit as, as koga that's a very good pick actually yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's honestly what I was going to go with, too, just because, yeah, it's nice to, you know, you're seeing Tyga the same fills outfit. It out a little bit. Yeah, but you're seeing it on, like, Silver Fox there, so mm-hmm. good on him. Yeah, a different man. <laughs> a man, a man among men. Well, I'm going to pick then, um, I like a iconic Ginga fit. That's a good fit for Ginga over there. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, before he tragically loses it all, my butler dad and my hot sister. <laughs> and yeah, though, um, when uh, you're not talking about uh, Tokusatsu, though, uh, Steph, uh, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on www.arcademilitia.com. And our next episode is actually going to be about a uh, couple of visual novels that I very much pressured Jackie into because she hates that style of gameplay. Ooh, but, okay. um, because she hates them, those usually make great episodes because she will let you know exactly why she hates them. So I'd recommend giving it a listen next time. And um, if not that one, we recently did an episode on Saints Row that I thought was pretty funny because once again, she fucking hated it. So <laughs> that's where you can find us. Awesome. And David, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on my podcast at Tokyo Fresh or on my Instagram at Thyrell. Uh there was no episode last week cuz uh something goofed. So I the audio was completely unusable. So I got a week off even though I went and recorded an entire hour and a half episode anyway. Just absolute bullshit all around. <laughs> Support David regardless. <laughs> yeah. Not not cool. Not cool. But that's okay. I'm sure we'll we'll probably reiterate some stuff from last week, uh, sans guest, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find uh, me on Twitter.com at James Forge. You can find the podcast uh, at Common Ride With Me on various social medias, uh, like Instagram and Facebook. No, no Facebook. Never Facebook. No, never. We don't do that. Uh, Twitter. Yeah, I've never been on Facebook. Oh, man. Who, who wants to, like, get local deals and just Get radicalized here. Come right with me. All right, Grandpa. <laughs> let's get you back to the fucking. Seriously, it's time for your Ovaltine and prune juice. We need to get out of here. That's terrifying. Ovaltine and prune juice? Like together? <laughs> Just wait. Ugh. That's. There is regular. There's Orphan Andy regular, and I'm not ready for that. <laughs> uh. 
anyway, uh, you can uh, find us on uh, Twitter, like I said. But then there is um, com for episodes and articles. There is um, thanks for the recent comment that was like, love the article. Don't stop. I think that was somebody who's not native speaker, but it was very funny. To me. <laughs> Don't stop. Oh. Or it was your long lost sister and you need to have a different conversation. You never know. And I'll be honest with you. I've maybe I'm speaking. Is this going to be something that costs your relationship <laughs> again? Because if so, I don't know if we can get into many more of these. I'll be honest. Never been attracted to any sisters I've ever had. Only had a couple. So maybe I just like don't have the breath. But damn, no, not for me. <laughs> not my life. Uh, but anyway, uh, and there's com slash episodes. <laughs> Links out to different platforms. And you should also link out socially for dating and stuff like that. Um, and <laughs> please rate and review. Uh, there's a slash merch for links out to our merch. Proceeds going to Trans Lifeline. There is, uh, and then also uh, please send in uh, questions and comments to podcast.com. And we will answer them on the show uh, like we did today. And then finally, I'm fucking uh, putting myself on the cross right now. But did we learn anything today? (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Reticent spelled backwards. And if you take out the end, does spell sister. That's what I am to have asked that question. I'm going to say my lesson for today is if you're if it's your sister, don't be a quitter. <laughs> I don't have any sisters, so I can talk as much shit about this as I want to. <laughs> I don't think I have any sisters left. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like way more malicious than I thought it would. <laughs> I was about to say after you got to them or what? What is the situation here? <laughs> different story nothing <laughs> malicious different episode don't worry about it guys. get help if you find your sister delicious i don't know that arrives betterhelp.com right? no it's it's fine david um sorry i was just thinking about race sister <laughs> that's fine and don't we all <laughs> mm. what a shame okay uh that's a lesson then just don't. Just don't. Just don't. Just yeah, don't. that's your lesson. Just don't. <laughs> if you're Ray, stop it. <laughs> Especially. Well, we'll never be royals, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>